Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in our midst, Lord, for your incredible generosity to us at this time in this place. Lord, we pray that uh, we might recognize that, Lord, that we might um, have eyes to see how you would have us use it um, for your good, for the good of your kingdom, Lord, for the good of those in our community, um, both here who are part of us at St. John's, but also uh, the greater community in which we live as well. Lord, we recognize that nothing that we have been given is of ourselves and of our own, but it has been given so that it might be used um, for your goodness. That includes us and all that we bring to the table. So, Lord, I pray that this time might be uh, uplifting to you, that it might be clarifying to us in our mission uh, to serve you. Uh, to make Christ known, even as we know him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to try to be as brief as I can um, so that I have a chance to hear from y'all. This is as much, for me, it's as important to hear what you have to say and hear questions from you as it is um, for you to hear from me. But there are some things that are uh, important for me to address um, first note, there will be childcare available on the playground. Um, and so some of our kids are headed that way. Um, if you are a child at heart and would rather be on the playground, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Feel free to head out that way. It sounds like it's going to be fun, I'll be honest. Um, so you're fine. You're fine. I offered. <laughs> well, let me start with just giving y'all an update on facilities and on the church itself. I know that probably is um, top of mind to us this morning. Um, I'm happy to report that we are in the stage um, with this project. We are actually uh, have turned a corner. We're getting ready to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, We're very excited about that. We're at the beginning of the fix. Uh, It's taken a while for us to get to this point, and that's mainly for two reasons. Uh, One, we didn't want to rush anything, right? We are Anglicans. That means that we value uh, beauty and we value history, and we don't want to screw any of those things up um, by rushing in and doing some damage to a beautiful and sacred place um, just to get a quick fix. So we wanted to make sure we did it right. Um, And part of making sure we did it right is to understand exactly what the problem is. Uh, And that was the second reason that this has taken long. We had three different engineers evaluate what all was going on in the area that we discovered uh, of questionable structural integrity in the church. Uh, And all three began by doing this. And that's never a good sign, right? If one engineer does that, that's okay. Two, maybe. But when you have three scratching their heads, um, that becomes an issue. Um, Basically, uh, just to sum up what we have discovered um, over these months, not only is there water damage and structure damage to the wall itself, uh, but there are some complicating factors, which is that the foundation of the church is already, because of the way that the stone sits, uh, somewhat overburdened. Uh, The soil in which that foundation uh, is built Um, has, as we know, if you've been here for a while, has had some settlement issues and uh, is prone to more settlement issues if there's too much disturbance. Uh, The wall itself, while we thought that it was a couple layers of brick thick and then the stone, it turns out it's only one layer of brick thick and then the stone. Uh, And so it in of itself isn't all that strong. 
Uh, and then uh, the, the work that we did with the buttresses, because we knew that the walls weren't all that strong of their own, we built these buttresses that would essentially take the load from the roof um, and, and in a way bypass the walls and take that straight to the ground. And we did a bunch of work to fix the soil around those buttresses so that would be nice and stable. But we didn't put a buttress um, at the last span of roof joints, joists that's closest to um, the bell tower entrance and the sacristy entrance. And so you have steel that was put in that over time, um, not according to plan, has begun to rest on the stone uh, and on the brick itself. Um, so in some ways, part of what we did while it fixed a big part of the problem, um, this is one spot is a particular problem area and, and it hasn't been addressed yet. So that's a summary of why it's taken so long. You can't just go in and throw a, a column up because you might mess with the foundation and the soil. You can't just reinforce the wall um, because it has its own issues. So all that to say, um, we have signed a contract with, excuse me, with um, Bennett Preservation Engineering out of Charleston. Uh, Craig Bennett and his son John Bennett run that firm. Um, they've done some incredible work at some very prominent historic places around the country. Um, and uh, they are friends of this church and of my, me personally uh, from years on back. And so um, we have signed a contract with them. They've already completed laser scans of the whole sanctuary. They've already completed um, as-built drawings. So they have it drawn out to spec uh, the problem that we have right now. And what they're working on right now is the fix. So they're working on the uh, structural drawings that will have an engineer stamp that says this is what we need to do to fix the problem. And part of the contract that we signed with them is they are going to help us bid that project out. We've already got a great contractor lined up um, to work with us. And they're going to oversee the construction itself what the contractor does to make sure that it's done according to their specifications. So we're doing it the right way as best as we can, and we're taking our time with it because of what we value, because of how important that space is. Um, so I wished that I could hand you or at least present and say, well, here are the, the blueprints, here's the plan for the fix. We've written it out, we've talked it out. Um, they're currently working on the drawings themselves. Um, and so we don't yet have a, a detailed timeline. We don't yet have a detailed budget. What we do know uh, is that it's not worst case scenario. Uh, we know that we aren't going to have to do major work on all of the walls. We can focus on particular areas. Um, and we know exactly what we need to do to those particular areas. Um, our contractor is ready to roll um, and doesn't think that the work will take too long once they're able to get started. So. If we can get the drawings in the next couple weeks like we anticipate and we can get um, a detailed quote back from our contractor, then hopefully um, in a matter of weeks, not months or anything longer than that, we'll be able to say uh, we're breaking ground, so to speak. We're actually in there getting started on the fix itself. Before I go on, I have some other things, but I know that's a big topic and I just want to ask if there are any, any questions about that itself. Yes, sir. Do we have the money to pay for all this? That is a very good question. <laughs> very good question. Um, we can't answer that because we don't have that quote or from the contractor just yet. Uh, what we know is that um, in terms of scale, we're not thinking numbers like this. We're thinking numbers like this, which is good. Um, <clears throat> we have enough money to get started. So there's not going to be a delay. We do have money in the bank that is set aside that we can use to go ahead and uh, we use it to go ahead and, and, and sign the contract with the engineers. We're going to use it to go ahead and get the work started um, once that time comes. 
Um, but more than likely, there will be a need for us to do a capital campaign into next year, especially when you consider um, that there are some other buildings and grounds things that need to be addressed. The parish hall in particular has seen a lot of use and abuse uh, since we've been out of the church. Uh, those floors were already uh, a little, I'm not going to say compromised because we're still using them, but you know, they're a little uh, in need of attention. Um, the roof on the parish hall is also in need of attention. So there are some other buildings and grounds projects that we need to address. Um, and so rather than saying, you know, we need this amount and then six months later saying we actually need this amount, uh, we're going to try and factor that together. So we're going to not get delayed. We're going to go ahead and get started on what we need to do. But more than likely, we will need to have a capital campaign uh, at some point in the new year. Um, and so just be ready for that. I don't know that we've done one in, in times past, in recent times past. And we've done some pretty major projects. So praise the Lord that we've had the resources to do that. But um, this time around, I think we might need to. Good question. Thank you. All right. Not hearing anything else on that particular issue. And we can come back to it. If something comes up, please uh, just flag me and we'll come back to it. Um, I also want to address um, the playground. We're working with Irvin Engineering. They're the ones that are going to be cutting the, um, the asphalt, pouring new asphalt as we uh, change the alley to um, empty out onto Railroad Avenue. Uh, we expect these trees. So we've taken that uh, chain link fence down. Um, trees had grown up into that chain link fence. They're mature trees, but they're not healthy trees, unfortunately. Um, and so uh, according to um, Bill Irvin, he came and took a look at everything, and he said, um, we need to go ahead and take those trees down, and then we can plant some where we need them and where we want them, um, and that won't interfere with where our fence needs to go in the back. So that is the next step. Those trees are going to be coming down here soon, and then uh, you'll see there's... um, some sand that's been placed. Our uh, fence guy has been a little delayed from his supplier getting bricks, but he's going to, he assured me on Thursday uh, that he's going to be out here in the next week or two as well, getting started on building the columns. Um, that project, just so you know, that project has been funded, um, and so that doesn't factor into our other buildings and grounds things. Um, so the vestry has allocated a donation that was made uh, that will cover the cost of that project. And so we're able to press on with that one. Any questions about, about that? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so stage one, uh, phase one, is to get the fence up, to get those trees down, to get the um, asphalt cut out so that we have some more green space right uh, adjacent to the new playground that was built. Um, and to work the fence to make that one big sort of area to play. Uh, so that is phase one, um, and also to get some swings built as well um, into that space. Um, phase two is the pavilion that would go back there, um, and so that has not begun yet. That's planned into the, um, into the project, but we haven't addressed um, starting the pavilion itself yet. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to have rings. The driveway is going to go straight back to Railroad Avenue, and it won't curve around. Correct. Okay. And then that area that is currently paved, that's perpendicular, I mean uh, parallel, I mean, to, um, to Railroad Avenue, we're going to take that asphalt up so that you have green space. And that's where a pavilion we have in the works to, to go back there. So that you have a nice shaded area. Um, you have those swings. You have the playground for kids to play on, but you also have some green space for them to just run around as well. 
Um, it's going to be a really, really beautiful addition to our campus, I think. All right. Uh, let me recap um, our first uh, go of uh, Sunday School, which we just wrapped up. So we had six weeks. Um, I would say all in all, it was a success. We're hearing good feedback. Um, we've, uh, thanks to Drew's efforts, we have um, put all of the teachings up on, uh, you can get to them through Spotify podcasts or through Apple podcasts, which is really cool. Um, I was listening to Drew in my car on my way to pick up the kids the other day, and I was like, here we are. We've arrived. Um, <laughs> And so that's cool. So I encourage you, if you missed any of those, you can uh, pick up and uh, hear us just through Spotify or through Apple Podcasts. Um, We had a pretty good turnout. We didn't really know what to expect. Um, And I've been telling our staff, we really have to go through a year of of building sort of the rhythm and the habit of having this because we haven't offered it uh, in a significant way in so long. And so um, for our first go, part one, uh, we thought that it, it went well. Um, I will say that we, we were prepared to have more kids in our children's classes than we actually had. So we were prepared to have four full classes, and um, rarely did we actually need all four. So we're going to factor that in um, to our plans as we go forward, and just think, you know, in, in any feedback that you might have, um, how can we uh, make this be a time that um, is, is fulfilling and exciting and something that parents and families want to participate in? Because uh, we think there's a lot of value here. Um, but again, we got to get through a full year. Um, the spring might look different than the fall did. Uh, I imagine that it, it definitely will. Um, so we're going to keep going. So we will start back up with part two in February. So right at the beginning of February, uh, we're going to start back up with part two of our series. If I'm not mistaken, and Drew will correct me if I'm wrong, but part two is how we live our faith. So how we put our spirituality into practice um, is what we're going to be looking at next as sort of the, the next foundation of what it means to be a Christian. Um, so that's what we, we focused on the story in part one. In part two, it's going to be applying that story in a personal and spiritual way. So we're excited about that. And it'll be the same format that we'll have the kids uh, learning the same things that we are learning here in the, in the adult class uh, so that we can foster conversations amongst families and, and um, amongst the congregation itself. So uh, we are excited about that. Any questions or any thoughts or comments on uh, the past six weeks and, and getting Sunday school started back up? We wowed you into silence. I knew we would do it. Very good. Uh, well, let me press on then. Uh, coming in Advent. So Advent 1 is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it's in November this year. Um, we're excited. We're going to be rolling out um, some new bulletins and some new liturgical uh, changes. These, uh, What we're doing is getting us more in line with uh, the rest of our diocese, with our new prayer books that we have, the 2019 ACNA prayer books. Um, our goal is for it to, uh, for the bulletin itself, for the service to look different, but not really feel all that different. And so, um, part of what we said about being Anglicans, right? We love beauty and we love history. And our in our liturgy, there's a lot of variety. There's a variety of prayers. Um, there's a, a variety of ways to to do the service, um, the different parts and pieces to it. And so, we want to try to incorporate a little bit of that variety into into who we are and into our worship here. Um, and so my guess is that some of what we'll be doing isn't going to be all that different. Imagine at some point in the past we've, we've done it before, um, and we're just sort of bringing it back in. But we also are planning sort of seasonally to have changes to our liturgy to mark the changing of the seasons as well, um, and just to use the full breadth of the, of the liturgy that we've received. 
Um, so we've got some new bulletins. Thanks to Drew and to Lynn. They've been working on those. Um, and with the new season of Advent uh, and the new uh, calendar year, Christian calendar year starting up, uh, we figured that would be a good time to roll those out. So uh, in a couple weeks' time, uh, you will see those. Uh, and like I said, it, it might look a little bit different, but our hope is, and I think what we've accomplished is that it's not going to feel all that different at all. Um, and thanks to Roland, we had some other folks who sort of had some input into what that could look like. Uh, and so we're excited about that. Thank you to those folks who helped out. Any questions on that? Very good. A couple things that we uh, have been doing sort of behind the scenes, but just so that you are aware, um, we've been working on retooling um, our financial administration and financial processes. It's important to us that we can be as transparent and as accountable as possible. Um, and so you, you should have received, if you made a donation in the past year, you should have received a giving statement. Um, that's uh, sort of the beginning. We want to um, make sure that that information is out there. We also want to know if there's any problems or any corrections that need to be made, please let us know so that we can address those. Um, we're, in a lot of ways, starting from the ground up um, with, with our financial procedures, um, just making sure, again, we want you to be able to trust that we are doing what we say that we are doing um, with your generosity and with uh, your donations. And so that's important for us. It's also important um, for those in the community to know um, who we are about by how we spend the resources that we have. And so we want to be as accountable to that as we can, as transparent about that as we can. And that leads us into stewardship for 2023. <laughs> um, so uh, if you uh, were a pledged giver uh, last year, then you're going to be receiving one of these in the mail. This is our um, cards for this year. Uh, Jenny worked hard on putting these together. Uh, it has a letter from me here. Um, if you made a, a pledge last year, then some of this information will be filled out for you. Um, we're trying to make it uh, easy on you. Um, and so these should be coming in the mail, and we're excited about these. Um, our stewardship campaign will run from uh, today through December 4th, uh, and so you can get those cards back to us by December 4th, and we'd appreciate that. Um, for those who are, are new to this idea of pledging or this, uh, you know, what exactly is making a pledge, let me be clear that um, uh, one thing it does is this gives us a number to work on, so this gives us a total budget of what we can expect to come in, and that's, that's good, right? That's helpful. Uh, for us to have that, for us to be able to plan ministries according to that. It doesn't really matter what that number is. We trust the, in the Lord's generosity, and we know that everything that we as a church receive, we receive as a blessing. Uh, and he is not going to uh, shortchange his own vision and mission, right? And so whatever we have, we know that it's exactly what we need. Uh, so the number isn't as important as knowing who's on the team, right? Because not only do we get a, a number, but we get a name. We get to know um, who it is uh, who is committed, who's part of us, who, who is um, a part of what we are doing here, um, who, who's ready to not just receive ministry, but to participate and to give and, and to be a part of those um, uh, the work that we do in bringing the gospel to our community and to our town. So, um, a pledge of any amount helps us to know that you are one that you are committed um, to who we are and to what we're doing, and that you're on the team, that you're ready to give, uh, and not just to receive the ministry here. So, there are some of these over on um, the buffet, I guess that is the countertop over there. Um, if you want to grab one, you don't need one though. Because, again, getting with the times, if you visit sjflo.org, 
St. John's Florence, sjflo.org. You can actually fill out your pledge and do everything online. Uh, and that's open and running right now. So um, if you have moved beyond paper and pen, uh, then we can still accommodate you um, in your giving. So um, thank you to those who have been so generous in the years past that have gotten us to this point. Um, we're really, really grateful uh, for your commitment to this place and to what the Lord is doing here. Um, and we look forward to seeing uh, what we can do into this next year um, with your generosity as we look um, to bring our mission uh, further and deeper into our community here in Florence. Any questions about stewardship? Yes, Drew. Knowing that there's a capital campaign likely coming, yeah. might be helpful just to differentiate what's different between a, a regular pledge versus what we're doing. Yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, if, you, uh, if you make a pledge, that goes towards our annual operating budget. So uh, it makes sure that our staff can get paid. That's one thing, but it also goes to our regular um, ministries and to the um, the things that we do, so our youth groups and our mission trips and um, making sure that we can keep the lights on and that we're ready for worship every Sunday. So it's our annual ongoing cost, whereas the capital campaign will have a specific focus and a limited focus that will say any donation to this will go towards this project in particular. Um, so two different things. Um, thank you for pointing it out. That, that's helpful. Um, yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Um, maybe things have changed, but when I was on the vestry, we used birthday offerings and that kind of stuff as, as outreach. Yes, sir. Could you emphasize that? Because, you know, lots of new people, and they don't know to give a check yeah. on their birthday or on their anniversary. The Apple Fund. Not Apple like computers, but the golden apple. The golden apple. Um, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Drew and I uh, have actually been talking about how to, how to bring that back in. Um, one of the things that, uh, one of the changes that we're looking to make into this new year is to have uh, specific ministry partners. Um, a select group of ministry partners that are doing good for our community um, that we can intentionally partner with. Um, and so uh, the idea is every couple of months we'll, we'll focus with this one ministry partner. Um, we'll highlight their ministry, how we can get involved, how we can support them, um, and that we will uh, give resources towards them. And so one of the things actually what we're talking about is using the Apple Fund, uh, the Golden Apple, to say that the monies that are received in this Apple will go to this ministry partner that we're highlighting for this month or two, this season. So, um, yes, that, that is something that we were talking about. Um, bringing back. The Golden Apple, I think, was a tradition started by, oh, who was it? Jimmy Johnson, that's right. Um, the idea being that uh, you would uh, donate the amount of your age, is that right? Or something? It, yeah. A dollar per year. A dollar per year. Um, and that you could put that into the fund as an, as an extra offering to go specifically out towards ministry. It's also something that I was thinking for new members, uh, excuse me, for visitors who would like to uh, make an offering but maybe aren't comfortable yet, aren't in a place where they want to pledge, um, that would be a great thing to highlight and to say you can also make a contribution to this golden, golden apple and you'll know that your donation is going out into the community um, as well. Yes, ma'am. But to be honest with you, it's a really good reminder when that plate comes by. I know I have to check my checkbook to make sure I've, right. I've done what I want to do for the sure. month. 
Are we going to ever start doing passing the offering plate again? Your wardens really want to start passing the plate. <laughs> Just about every warden's meeting, are we going to pass the plate today? Um, yes, that is something that we're considering. Um, and I think we're getting to a place where um, we don't have the same kind of concerns about doing that. Um, so yes, that is something that we're considering uh, doing again. Uh, one of the things that I think is a, actually a beautiful way to do that is um, to have, if there are any kids in worship, to have them, with the usher's guidance, um, be the ones that are carrying the plate around. It's a reminder of how we are supposed to approach the Lord, right, as children like these. Uh, and so I think that might be a way that we go about uh, doing it. But yes, thank you for that. That's exactly right. Yeah. So even, though, even, even though we haven't been passing the plate around, our plate offerings have been consistent with the pre-COVID numbers. Yeah. Yeah, part of the reason there hasn't been a, a major sort of incentive and push to do that is because our plate giving hasn't dropped. It's actually, we budgeted for a higher amount this, this current year than last year, and so far we're on track to, to meet or even surpass that. It's, it's, a, it's amazing testament to people's generosity here. Especially in transition. Yeah, especially in a year of transition. Any other any other thoughts or questions? Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to announce that um, my Sunday school class will yeah. resume the not this coming Sunday with the bishops. The twentieth, yeah. On the twentieth, just following the nine o'clock service, um, the class is on the Book of Revelation, and um, we are. Last year we studied uh, the book, kind of went through the book in its original context and uh, its original, in which it was written. This year um, we'll be studying the book as it has influenced the church through history uh, from the early church fathers to the present um, and how it might still influence us in our common life. So everybody is anybody who's interested in the book of Revelation. I'm more I'm not really the teacher, I'm more the facilitator of the conversation. Um, it's a conversational class. Uh, we use a we do use a video presentation as the opening part of the class and then we kind of open up the conversation. So everybody is invited to that. We usually meet in the that's right. Porner Room, November 20th, continuing a study on Revelation. Um, uh, Roland, if you haven't had a chance to, to be in a class that Roland has facilitated, he's, he's doing a good job of teaching it too. But uh, he, he's a, a wonderful uh, asset to us. And um, we're excited. Roland's been teaching a, a class, a Sunday school class for a while. And so we went to him and we had this idea about uh, doing the Foundations of Faith class. Uh, and very graciously, he and, and his group said, let us join in with what y'all are doing, and then we'll pick back up with what we're doing later. And I thought that, that was um, wonderful, and it was really great to have you and have your group in there. So if you want to join Roland's class, um, just because they're picking back up, it doesn't mean that uh, they're not open to, to more folks joining in, uh, and you'll be blessed by it. So again, that's November 20th after the uh, 9 a.m. service, which is usually over about 10, or it would start around 10.10 in the pointer room right over here. And do you know how long, Roland, that plans to go? Um, we have 12 weeks left to finish it, so we, we may have another break, sort of, when Right. Very good.
Well, let me, uh, if, if there are no more questions or comments, anything, let me just end by saying I, I personally am so grateful to have uh, your support uh, here in this church. As Drew mentioned, this is a year of transition. This is a year of us um, figuring ourselves out, figuring out um, how to lead into this new season. Um, waking up on Monday and realizing the things that you need to do on Tuesday that you should have done last Thursday. Um, that's sort of where I am right now. Um, and y'all have been very gracious uh, in that. Um, and so I appreciate that. Um, one thing that I've said is um, that if there is a question that you have, if there is uh, maybe something that you don't understand that we're doing, please do. I want to hear those things from you. Um, I don't know that I will give you the answer that you want to hear, but I do want to hear your concern or your question or whatever it is, because only then can I factor it in as we uh, and the staff figure out what the Lord is doing here. Uh, the only way that we can factor that in is to know it. So uh, we're so grateful um, for you, uh, for the ways that you're committed to this place. Uh, I'm grateful for our Sunday school teachers who jumped in uh, for six weeks and took on a new challenge. Uh, and we're going to be having uh, a time to get together with them and to thank them for what they did. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, this coming uh, winter season as well as we continue with our, our series. Um, so let me uh, ask Drew to pray for us as we go. And then um, time is just about right. We have an 11 o'clock service. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for this place. For this family, family to started here um, for well over a hundred years, we thank you for your faithfulness to this place and to this people, um, into this city as you brought um, those far from you into your family here, as you've grown your kingdom here. We thank you for the privilege that it is to be part of that legacy and part of that story in this place. Pray that you would continue to bless the ministry that we have here, that you would continue to send us out, empowered by your Spirit, to do your work in the community, and pray that you would continue to bring those far from you into it in the next years, that our all of our work in, in theological formation, in outreach, even in uh, practical building concerns, Lord, would you do all of that to your glory and to the good of those who are calling to yourself. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.